You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I want to talk a little bit about you as a personal trainer and going a little bit deeper and understanding what is your purpose. Why are you a personal trainer? What is your why? If you've ever heard or read the book by Simon Sinek, what is your why? Understanding why people do what they do is going to be very important in creating longevity and finding purpose and finding fulfillment. And uh, as you might hear Darlene Marshall say in her podcast, flourishing. Are you flourishing? Well, you can only flourish. You can only find that fulfillment. You can only be where you feel like you're supposed to be when you know your why. So what is your purpose? What is your why? Why are you a personal trainer? And I'm going to say, like, I, I ask this question a lot to personal trainers when we used to do a lot of the, the in-person uh, conferences and teaching and things like that. We go around the room and give me a little bit about yourself and what's your name and um, why are you a personal trainer? And out of, you know, 30 people in a room that's doing an NASM workshop, 28 of them are going to say, I'm doing it because I want to help people. And I can't think of a more purposeful, purpose-driven, fulfillment-providing statement than that you want to help people. You want to provide something to people that will benefit them and make them feel good about themselves and create longevity in their lives and live and function uh, and create these ADLs, the activities of daily living and the functional life and how they can get through it in a more fulfilled and better way. I want to help people with that. And then people are going to tell you their story. And we're going to get to that in a moment. So let's get to talking about what it is that means to, to actually help people because that's, that's 28 out of 30. The other, the other two are the me's of the world that are like, I want a free gym membership. I want to work out for free and a personal trainer is a cool job. And so I'm going to be a trainer and that's a cool job and I get a free gym membership because that is kind of how I started. Um, I'm not still doing it because I thought it was a cool job, and I'm not still doing it because of the free gym membership. That might get some people in the door. That might be the initial purpose. That also might very well be why there's an incredible attrition rate in personal training, because so many people are doing it for themselves, because it's a cool job, and it's a free gym membership, and they're not doing it to help people. So there, that might be the disconnect there. But to truly understand that, know that you're helping people and you're providing um, life-changing experiences for some people and you're just providing great workouts for other people and they appreciate it. By the way, nobody appreciates it more, I think, than people who are ill, people who have uh, chronic illness or sicknesses and the elderly. And there are a lot of people that will appreciate you for what you do for them. But the amount of gratitude, the outpouring of gratefulness that is provided 
when you work with older populations or work with people who are trying to manage a chronic pathology is incredible. It's significant and it's helpful. And it we do it to honor them and to help them and to provide service to them. And that is valuable. But there's a lot of reasons why people do what they do. And yes, it is to help people. And that is a part of it. But what else is it out there? And I'm going to say this one as the second one there. You know, the first one is I want to help people. Number two is I want to help myself. And of the 28 out of 30 people that said, I'm doing this to help people, then they say, I'm doing this to help people. And you ask why? And it turns back to them. It turns back to self. And they say, do it to help people because it helped me. And people love doing fitness and getting into fitness because so many times people's lives have been changed by fitness. It is the idea that the gym has done something for me that no other person has done for me, no other establishment has done for me, and it has been so valuable that I want to be part of that for a job. That's what I want my job to be because it helped me when I recovered from a car accident and it helped me when I got this and it helped me when I was struggling in school and it helped me dot, 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 on and on and on. So people oftentimes will do things to help people, the number one reason, because the number one reason, because they did it and it helped themselves. So what is it that we are doing? Are we doing this to help people? We're doing it to help ourselves. And the answer is not a zero-sum game. You don't choose help people and not help yourself or vice versa. I'm telling you that it is of value because of both of those reasons. We want to help people and we want to help people because we know how much it's helped us. We know. We've, we've experienced it. We lived it. Well, some people want to do it. Number three I have on this list is because they want to, you want to enjoy your life and your work. And I'm going to tell you, being a personal trainer is a really cool way to enjoy work and therefore enjoy life because work takes up a lot of our life. And so if I'm enjoying work, then I'm enjoying my life. And I'm finding time in my space to enjoy being at work and being around people that challenge you and push you and they're like-minded and they want to participate in your growth. They want to see you achieve a PR. They want to see how fast you uh, get 500 meters on the ski erg or the rower. They want to see how many calories you get in 60 seconds doing the, the airdyne. They want to they want to be a part of it. They want to see it. They want to watch you be successful. And you want to feel like you belong. And that is a good place to belong. Because you're there to help people. You're there to help yourself. And you're around like-minded people that challenge you and push you. And that want to be challenged and pushed by you. But then there's going to be a point in your life in your training life, your training career, when you're not 
where you want to be because yes, you're still helping people, but you're not fulfilled anymore. You still have helped yourself, but you are not fulfilled anymore. And you still want to be around people that challenge you and push you and that you can push and that you can challenge. But for some reason you're not fulfilled. And that's because the novelty, the nuance, the small things have started to disappear and it becomes old hat and old hat's still a good way to make a living but we always want to try to figure out, is there more? Is there more? And the answer is there, there is more. And what I, what I really feel that you should do, which is what everyone that I know has been in the fitness industry for a long time, what we've all done is trying to figure out why, what's next. What's my what's next? And I'll say that finding your what's next is oftentimes about identifying a niche that you want to move toward. Now, I've seen this in personal trainers my entire career, but I've also seen this in many, many, many other professions. I think about it primarily because of people like uh, massage therapists, which I am, physical therapists, that, which I go to, uh, and people that I've worked with and been around for a long time, and how the physical therapists are like, oh, I really want to get into focusing on, I don't know, concussion protocols. And well, that's not, they don't really teach that in school. This is a nuanced niche kind of training and education that you take on as somebody that's already a licensed professional that says, okay, now I will be referred uh, by other physicians to do this with clients now. And now I'm going to work with balance and I'm going to do vertigo. And, and so we've got licensed physical therapists who are trying to figure out their what's next in their life. So personal training is the same way where we go, okay, what's my what's next? But you got to spend money to make a living. So how do you spend money to make a better living for yourself? And what I'm saying is that you've got to identify what else that you want to go into. And we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, do you watch people when they do Olympic lifts and be like, man, you know what? I really want to do that. Not only do I want to do that, that I want to teach that because I know how it felt when I see it and I'm doing something new and it's novel and I want to be a part of it, but then I want to teach other people to do it. So then it's new and novel and everybody is feeling amplified. Everybody is being driven to do this something new with you. And so that might be Olympic lifting or kettlebell training or like wellness coaching where we now sit down and have serious conversations about your why and what's your fulfillment and how do you help yourself and how do you find your purpose and where does exercise and movement and physical activity fit in that for you and what are your roadblocks and what's stopping you from moving forward and reaching your goals and coaching behavior in order to increase wellness because a lot of times you think about it working out with somebody twice a week three times a week that might be really good for them but there are a lot of hours in the week 168 to be exact and you work with somebody three hours a week they got 165 hours to throw it on a garbage <laughs> i'm not saying that's what they're doing i'm just saying that you know wellness coaching comes in because the three hours with you is great but the coaching so that they can better identify some of the decisions that they're making and their wellness journey when you are not there comes from that coaching aspect or that behavior change coaching, that wellness coaching that you can be a part of. 
And I think about a lot of times where people do things to help themselves and then do things to help people. And that's when I started doing the corrective exercise because I needed it. My body needed it. I, I was hurting. I was a, a young athlete, martial artist, gymnast, acrobat that had torn up my knees and I couldn't even jump rope because my ankles hurt so bad. And I enrolled and I started doing the corrective exercise specialist course. And then it helped me. And so what do I do? I am galvanized now. I am emboldened to reach out and say, this is myself. This is my new me. This is what helped me. And now this is what I can do to help you. So now you go back to that first part we talked about. I want to help people, but I want to help people because I help myself. So finding education and ways to explore more so that you can be more and that you can provide more. So find your niche. Who are you going to work with? What's your population? Who's your client avatar? What is the, the goal that I am really good at getting for myself and for myself, finding ways to help other people get to that goal? What is that? What is my niche? But also, as you start to grow, you're going to figure out, okay, well, I need to explore a little bit more. You know, what is my purpose? And I want to look in and I want to say, you know, maybe after a while, I want to be my own boss. Because it's nice. You can kind of set your own schedule. And we say that, by the way. We say you can set your own schedule. But what we really mean is that we are just booking appointments. We're not necessarily showing up from nine to five. We book appointments. But when do we book appointments? When the training clients are available. So, yeah, you can... You can be your own boss and book your own sessions and, but like, it's not your time. It is working around other people's times too. And at some point when you become successful, you become your own boss and you can say, all right, well, I'm going to work from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And that's my time. And I'm not going to take any more sessions after two. And that's basically what I do now, six in the morning to two in the afternoon. I'll, I'll get clients in that window, but you know, by the time three o'clock, two o'clock rolls around, three o'clock rolls around, I, I like to be done. And then I can go pick up my son from school. I can take him to jujitsu. I can go see my daughter's show. I can see my other son that, uh, you know, so I've got things that I want to do, but I'm in a place where I can do that. When, when you're new, it could be exhausting, right? So you're showing up before most people go to work and then you show up when most people are done with work and then you pepper in a few in the middle of the day. And that can be challenging, but you want to be your own boss. You still got to do that. You got to do that to be your own boss. And only when you start to really become successful at that, can you then control your schedule more and say, I like to do my evening sessions, my mornings, I get to sleep in. Thank goodness. Vice versa. I'm, I'm the other way. I want to get up early in the morning. I want to do my training. By the time midday is around, I want to be done with work. I can focus on other projects and then I can be there for my family when they're done with school or I can be there uh, at home when my kids are now doing all these other things in their lives. And then I can sit around and twiddle my thumbs and go, remember when I had children in the house? So you want to be your own boss, then that really means you want to be your own trainer. But that's not easy for everybody. It's not an option for everybody uh, because you got to have a place to train them. 
maybe you can rent gym space from a, a gym or you've got a garage gym or you've got a solid outdoor boot camp workout space that you like to use and that can work for a lot of people in fact later on this week uh the the next session we're going to be talking about um what it's like to be a trainer in a small town because i feel like a lot of times we talk about training we're talking to people who are in a relatively uh urban suburban environment not a rural environment where you got to figure out what where where am i training these people uh can i be a trainer and be in this small town and uh we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the week maybe you want to be your own boss but you also might want to run a company run a company you want to you want to be the fitness manager at a gym or do you want to be the operations manager at a gym or do you want to own your own gym i get that people want to own their own gyms the the idea of owning your own gym is pretty spectacular um but i would go back to last week's session uh and uh, episode and listen to the one where it talks about how much I just spent to open a gym. And it's not because the gym is in New York City. It's because things just cost a lot. Uh, go back and listen to that and see if that's really the, the path you want to take. Now, you can deck out your own garage a lot easier. And if that's something that you can do and you're willing to do and you can get all the garbage out of your garage to be able to set that up, then maybe that's something you could do too. Maybe. So you want to be your own boss. You want to run a company. Do you want to own your own facility? These are all options that are out there, but they're not necessarily easy options. But being your own boss and running your own business and having your own facility, what other, what other business in this world are people like, oh man, that's so easy. I can't wait. I'm going to own my own thing and then life's going to be easy. Man, I don't care if it's an auto body shop. I don't care if it's an ice cream shop. The challenges exist, but for some reason, some people think they open a gym and it's going to be easy breezy. If you don't have a solid client base before opening a gym, then you're not going to have a solid client base just because you opened a gym. And it's a lot more than having a cool gym. How do you market? How do you promote it? How do you strategize for it? How do you deal with your key performance indicators and hit your numbers and how much is it going to cost? And do you have the right amount of parking? And so much to think about, so much to take on. Things that you may not think about, that you have to start thinking about. So you could also consider what it would be like to develop your own products, um, you know, some type of retail, something that aligns with your fitness goals. Right. So you want to you want to do a, a hip booty band, um, elastic canvas, something or another hip thing. Cool. You could do that. It's going to cost money to do. It. It's going to cost money to market it. It's going to cost money to get it out there. And maybe you do fulfillment by Amazon and you find ways that that you have built in support systems where you're also giving up a large portion of the profits, but you can run enough profits in order to make some money. Those are options. So you find something that you like. I love uh, I love gym towels. I think gym towels are great. Cool. And do you know that gym gyms have to buy a lot of gym towels? So if you find gyms that use your gym towels, then you can sell a lot of gym towels and you can make some money. So what, do you want to do product and retail lines or something that aligns with your fitness goals that gives you that purpose? 
that allows you to feel like you're helping and that you're giving back and you are being fulfilled and you're still within the industry that you love being part of. And then I think there's some one more thing really to think about is that you want to give back. You want to give back. Uh, and this is as an experienced trainer, right? So I want to give back to the younger or less experienced people. And I might be able to do that uh, with these younger, less experienced trainers via mentorships. Or you can think about, you got these mentorships, which I think are great. How can I mentor and help people get better at sales, get better at training, get better at programming, just get better so they feel stronger and more um, grounded in their training and their outcomes. A lot of times people put together really good programs, so they don't know how to measure outcomes. They don't put together PR charts and they don't have fitness assessments and things like that. They might have overhead squat assessment that gets done once and never again. You have fitness assessments that get done once in the first session and never again. Well, that's a, I mean, benchmarks are there to see what progress is made, not just as a, 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 a simple sales tool just to be like, look what I did. And then we're going to do this again later. And then we don't do it again later. And they don't, they lose track of it because you're the trainer. But it is funny when somebody's like, hey, I remember my first session, we did this, uh, this step test or this treadmill test or, you know, these 10 rep max test. And we don't really do that. We've never done that again. And you go, oh, yeah, man, when I have to be reminded by a client that I'm not doing my job, maybe I should really think about how well I'm doing my job. So can you give back as a mentor to other people? What about workshops? Like, are you really good at like your niche? And if you're good at your niche, then maybe you can sell a workshop to people. And so many of these things can be done online now. Or you, now that so many things are online, I think maybe people would really like to show up in person. I'm doing one in two weeks on stretching from somebody who did a stretching class with me years ago. And they just reached back out and said, I would love for you to come back to our gym and do the stretching. So what did I do? I haven't had that stretching class since pre-COVID. So I reached back out to uh, NASM's provider program and I provide an outline of the workshop that I'm going to do. And it's going to be a four-hour workshop. And these are the topics that we're going to cover. And here's my resume because people at the provider program, they don't know who I am. They should. They don't. So I reach out and I, you know, I'm really, this is my resume and this is what I do and this is who I am. And and uh, then they send it back and go, oh, we need this from you. And, and, and it goes back and forth a little bit. And then once I provide everything, they say, great, you have been granted for the four-hour workshop 0.4 CEUs. And then I can go and I can teach a workshop and I can say for a one-day workshop, I need to get paid this much. And then they provide that to me. Or I can say, come one, come all, I'm going to charge this much for attendance to the workshop. And then you can fill up as much as you want to. And then you receive the profits and maybe have to pay out a place to um, rent out the space. So maybe you rent out the space from a gym or you say, hey, can I use your gym? And if you let me use your gym, then I can let two of your trainers, trainers of your choice, attend and get CECs for attending or CEUs for attending. Well, that's great. That's no money out of pocket for you. You still teach the workshop. Just two other people get a chance to participate in it. And then you give them their certificates of attendance that show that they get the four CECs that they present to NASM when they have to renew. You could do that. You'd be great at it. You'd be great at it. 
What do you want to teach? Put it together. Go look up, Google it. You can say NASM um, provider program. And then it'll give you the link and you can find it. And then you can start developing workshops and get NASM CEUs for your workshops. Do it. I think it's a great idea. What's your purpose? And then your purpose. You say, Rick, I always wanted to be a teacher and a presenter and I want to teach at conferences. Apply. Apply to them. Or go back to school. Really dig in and then become a teacher in addition to a trainer because I think being a trainer is still dope. But I understand people go back and they want to teach trainers on a deeper level through exercise science, kinesiology programs, um, you know, this kind of stuff that you can do at personal training schools or uh, college and university settings where you are now teaching the new group of people that come in about exercise. Benefits, outcomes, how to implement, how to program, how to provide, how to assess, how to reassess. And you become that person because you've got to find your purpose. And I hope you do. I hope you have. Uh, but the thing is, just because you find your purpose once doesn't mean that it doesn't change and morph and that you don't flounder a little bit and you don't get discouraged. It doesn't mean that. Right? Like even the most beautiful sky is going to get clouds in it from time to time. Sometimes it's going to rain. Sometimes you're going to move on. People are going to move on. People move on. And there are people like me who stick around for a while, who've been doing it for, what was I? Started May 2001. So 22 years now in the fitness industry. I don't think I'm leaving. I think this is the gig. You know what I mean? Like this is, um, it's the best way to say it. I guess that I found my purpose. I found mine. And the reason I want to talk about it is because okay. I have found mine and I'm so fulfilled and I'm content and delighted and um, happy that I can do what I do every day. And I just I want you to feel that way about whatever you're doing. And I'm assuming that if you're listening to this podcast, it has something to do with fitness. So thanks for listening. I appreciate it uh, for being a part of it and being a part of my journey, right? This is, the podcast is part of my, my purpose as a personal trainer. And I know a lot of people who've done podcast. My goodness, add podcasts to the list. There's so many podcasts out there. Why not? That's what I'm saying. Why not? So uh, you got something to talk about? Just start talking about it, record it, and then upload it. You know what I'm saying? Um, thank you. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. And if you don't mind, go online and give us a five-star review on whatever platform that you listen to. If you got questions for me, you can reach out to me. Hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie or email rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Y'all keep inspiring people to fitness. Inspire yourself. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.